Well, praise the Lord. God is so good to us. It's good to see you out in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians. To the book of Philippians, and we're going to be reading today out of the fourth chapter. When you get there, say amen. I'm guessing that nobody's there yet. Philippians 4. This week I've been doing a lot of study in the book uh, uh in the, on the subject of peace. We have a, a granddaughter. Uh, not a granddaughter. Try it again. We have a grandniece that uh, just gave her heart to the Lord. Uh, just a small child and she's given her heart to the Lord. But the enemy is attacking her over the things that she done that she has done wrong and how that she was so displeasing to the Lord because of the things that she had done yesterday. And that got me to, to looking at the subject of peace. And so I want to take a few minutes and I may preach a little bit and I may teach a little bit and I may meddle just a little bit. And so I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but uh, anyway, we're going to have a, have a great time with it. I'm going to pause for just a second to say that it's good to see everybody here. It is especially good to see Sister Jackie here today. And uh, she has been missed. And so good to see you, Sister Jackie. Uh, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be reading out of Philippians four, and Philippians four is one of my favorite chapters in the Word of God, and actually, uh, my favorite verse in the Word of God is the one that we're going to start with Philippians four and four, and we're going to look at about six verses here, and I want to talk today about having peace in the midst of a troubled world. Can I tell you that we live in a troubled world today? We've got cities all across America that are literally being burned to the ground. We've got this pandemic that is going on that is affecting So many people. We have misinformation going on on both sides that just tries to take away my peace and cause me to have confusion. There's so many different things that's happening. And can I tell you, we're not immune to it 
here in Champaign. Sometimes we think, well, we're not in the big town. We're not in New York. Or we're not in Chicago. We're not in L.A. We're not in Portland. So we don't have to worry about the things that are going on. But just looking at the headlines of the paper today, we find that we had two shootings over the weekend and five different people that was injured. Can I tell you that we live in a troubled world? That we're seeing all of these things go on. A few weeks ago, I talked about the effects of the pandemic and how that that we will not be the same going, coming out as we are going in. And we just talked about some of the businesses that, are, that, that have gone out. And right now, I've read an article this week that said that there's about 80,000 businesses now that has closed and will not open. Now, you have to understand, there's somebody that uh, had a dream. And they put their, their life savings and their sweat and their blood into trying to get this dream to manifest itself. Most of them had two or three employees or eight or ten employees. And you have all of these people's lives now that has changed. I said, we are living in a troubled world. That's just the reality of where we're at. But today, I do not want to focus on the troubles of the world I want to focus today on how you and I as children of God can have peace in a troubled world. How many believes that today God wants us to have peace? Now, I want us to look at some scriptures. And I believe here that Paul, as he's talking to the church at Philippi, that he gives them four different things that they can do in order to have peace And if you and I will do these, I think that they will help you and me in the midst of the troubled situations that we find ourselves in. Looking at Philippians 4, and I want to begin reading at verse number 4, where he says, And rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Verse 8, and finally, brothers and sisters, that whatsoever things are true, And whatsoever things are noble, and whatsoever things are right, and whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are admirable, if there's anything that is excellent, if there's anything that is praiseworthy, think about these things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard of me, are seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. God, I thank you for every person, God, that is sitting here in this sanctuary today. I ask you, Lord, that you would touch and that you would minister to each one of them. I thank you, Lord, for those, God, that are viewing today 
through the internet, whether it is on Facebook or YouTube or through podcast, however it is, Lord, that they are seeing or that they are hearing. I pray, Lord, not that you would anoint your word, for your word is anointed, but you would anoint this these lips of clay. God, that in the next few moments I could speak with clarity that, Lord, that you would have me to say, touched by your power, God, I'm going to be quick to give you the praise and to give you the glory. In your wonderful name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, let's go back to the scripture here as we're talking about having peace in the midst of a troubled world. And let's look at verse number four, where he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, I want us to think for just a moment about the circumstance that's going on right now. With the writer. Let me pause for just a second. If I was wanting to learn how to lose weight, evidently I'm not wanting to do that very much. But if I was wanting to learn how to lose weight, I probably wouldn't go to a fat man to find out how to do it. I'd go to someone who had lost weight. And I would lean on what it is that they're telling me. If I was wanting to open up a business, I wouldn't go to somebody that's never opened a business or somebody that's opened five businesses and every one of them failed. I would go talk to somebody that was a success with their business. Does that make sense? The reason today that I look at these words and I understand their value is because of the writer here who was inspired of the Holy Spirit. How many knows that the word of the Lord is inspired by the Holy Spirit? But I want you to know that Paul is writing to the a church at Philippi about rejoicing in God while he is in the inner prison of a jail. Now, it would have been real simple for him to have been complaining or belly aching, or saying, I don't deserve this. The only thing I was doing was preaching the gospel, and look where it got me. But instead, my friend, here he is in the belly of that jail, and he's telling the church at Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he said, I don't know if you caught that or not, so I better tell you again. Honey, when somebody repeats something, you know it's important. And he's telling them again, you need to rejoice. Can I tell you today that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and I'm going to rejoice. I'm not telling you that everything's going great in my life today. I'm not telling you that I don't have a problem in this world today. But I am telling you today that I've got something to rejoice about. And the devil's not going to take my song. I'm going to sing it unto the Lord. I'm going to rejoice. You see, you and I have to make a decision. Now, I believe that this first verse deals with my attitude. That I wake up in the morning and I, I make a decision what my attitude is going to be. Can I tell you that some people, 
I said I was going to preach some and I was going to teach some and I was probably going to meddle some. Well, let's meddle for just a second. There's some people that's just got what I call stinking thinking. You know what I'm talking about. It's the eighth day of a seven-day deodorant. I mean, they just seem like they just got baptized in dill pickle juice and that there is nothing that is going right in their life. And then they want to tell somebody about salvation. Can I tell you today, God does not want you and me to have stinking thinking, but He wants you and me to be people that will rejoice in Him and that will magnify in Him. Somebody that will make a decision when I get up in the morning that this is going to be a good day because this is a day that the Lord has made, so I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Somebody know what I'm talking about today. Rejoice in the Lord always. Another version says, delight yourselves or to take pleasure in Him always. To be filled with joy in Him. It is important today that you and I have the right attitude. Go to that next verse where He says, and then let your gentleness be evident to all. One version said it this way. Said, let everyone see how gentle and how kind you are. Can I tell you that this is building off that last verse? Because I'm rejoicing in him. And I can, can I tell you something? People are watching you. Some people are never going to read the book of John or the book of Matthew. Or they're never going to read the book of Luke. Or they're never going to read 1 Peter. But they will read Melvin. And they will read Doretha. And they will read Barb. And so it is important today that you and I make a decision that what I am on the inside, I don't try to hog it all up. But what I do is, is I share it with those that are around about me. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, let your gentleness be evident to all. Another play, another version said, let people, uh, uh, let your gentle spirit or your graciousness, your unselfishness, let your mercy, let your tolerance, or let your patience, be known to all people. You know, I wonder if I let people in the workplace or people at school or people in the marketplace, I wonder if I let them write my epitaph. I wonder if they would say about me that he was merciful. Or that he was gracious. Or that he was unselfish. Now I'm talking today to you about how you and I can have peace in the midst of a troubled world. We're going to have a troubled world. 
But how can you and I have peace? Let's go a little bit further. In verse 6, Paul begins this verse by saying, Don't, do not be anxious about anything. Wow. Can I tell you some of the verses that I read make me say amen. But some of them makes me say oh me. Did you catch what he said there? He said do not be anxious about anything. Don't have anxiety or worry or fear. Our nervousness. Don't be fretful. Wow. He said a mouthful there. No, I'm talking about us having peace. And he's telling me this is what I don't need to be doing. Now, how many knows that sometimes I'm guilty? Anybody know? All right. Maybe pastor's the only one. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about this for just a second. Let's talk about the positive effects of fear and worry and anxiousness. So give me just a second to tell you everything good about it. I've said everything good that I can say. There ain't nothing good about it. For you see, that's what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus said in Luke 12, verses 25 and 26, He says, And which of you being anxious can add a single cubic to his lifespan? If then you cannot even do this very little thing, then why are you anxious about other matters? What is He saying here? He's saying, why are you being anxious when anxiousness is not going to change one single thing in your life? You and I can wake up this morning with a problem going on in my life. We can have this problem happening and I can make a decision that I'm going to set aside all of my appointments for the day and I'm just going to worry the day through. But can I tell you at the end of the day, my problem has not changed any whatsoever. I've just got one less day because it has gained me nothing. That's what Jesus is saying. So what is the positive effects of you and me uh, uh, worrying? There is none. But what are the negative effects of me worrying? Well, doctors will tell you and me that if we will that if we spend our time worrying or in fear or staying anxious, they said that what will happen is, is that it will give me heart disease, a weakened immune system, it will give me stomach issues, it will give me migraines, it will give me ulcers, it will give uh, me high blood pressure. That is the physical things that worry and fear. And anxiousness will do. But there's also a spiritual element 
that we have to talk about too because you and I are spiritual people. You know what I'm talking about today? And we have to understand that it has a very negative effect on me and you spiritually whenever I stay anxious and I worry and I do all of that. Because you see, worry or fear and faith cannot both be there. And so what, what we will find is, is that one will begin to grow and one will begin to shrink. And so I don't think it's been that long ago that I preached a message dealing with uh, uh, faith versus fear. And we talked about that what gets fed is what grows. And so we have to understand that if I spend the day worrying about my problem, It's not changed my problem, but it has changed me for the negative. It has made it to where physically I'm not what I'm needing to be, but also spiritually, because I'm not, whenever I'm talking in fear, I'm not talking in faith. When I'm talking in fear, I'm not talking about the things that God can do. And so it is important that you and I understand that these two things will not coexist. So we have to make a decision. Am I going to be a man or woman of faith or are we going to be somebody that lives in fear? Now, I know what the will of God is, but I have to make decision as to how I'm going to walk this thing out. Is that okay? Well, praise be to God. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7 says this. It says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, or we can say that that surpasses all understanding, that it will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. It is as though that peace of God is like a soldier, if you will, that is on guard for you. Now, how did we start this thing off? I started it off by confession. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I started it off having my attitude right. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I started it off by understanding who it is that God is. And so now here we are. And it talks about the peace of God. That transcends all of mine and your understanding. That God will do this work. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, 27. He said, my peace I give to you. (laughs) How many wants the peace of God? You see, the world has a peace that it'll give you, but it'll be based on outside stimuli. It'll be based on that new car, or that new job, or that new house, or that new neighbor, or whatever it is. But you see, sometimes the neighbor moves, the job plays out, the car breaks down. All of these things happen, and it's because that that, that peace is an outward thing, it will come and it will go. But Jesus says here, he says, but my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. 
Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid, or nor let it be fearful. Now, I want you to notice here what the Lord is saying. He says, I've got something that I want to give you. I've got something that you need to have today. My peace I give to you. And he wanted to be sure we understood. It wasn't like what everybody else was having. But it was something that he wanted to do on the inside of you. Can I tell you, you can chant all you want to. You can do all the yoga that you want to do. You can take a drink. You can listen to meditation tapes. You can consume the herbs uh, that this world may have to offer. You can shop till you drop. But I want you to know that that peace that you are seeking will be evasive to you until you get the peace of Almighty God. Oh, there's something about that peace today. So how can you and I have that peace? Let me give you just a few ways that you and I can have that peace. It tells us here in these scriptures. Let's go back to verse number 6. Where he says that in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to the Lord. Where do I start at? I start with God. I said I take it to the Lord. When I don't know what to do, I take it to the Lord. When a new problem arises my way, I take it to the Lord. I said my starting point is in my prayer closet. You know, too many people, they want to try to fix it themselves. They want to let the world try to fix it for them. And then once the mess is big enough and they can't get any help, then they'll call upon the Lord. You and I need to start where other people stop. You and I need to make a decision that I'm going to pray about my situation. Now, I'm talking today about having peace in a troubled world. And how can I be, how is it that I'm able to get up and to rejoice in the morning, every single morning? It is because I am going to be a man of prayer. God wants you and me to be people of prayer. You see, Peter reminded us in the scripture that he cares for us. So I am to cast my cares upon him. That's what He is warning, uh, God is warning me and you to do. Paul says, let your request be known to the Lord. James 1 verses 6 and 7 says that, that let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts, let that not that man expect that he will receive Anything from the Lord. I need to make a decision that I am just going to cast my care upon Him. Hey, listen, a good scripture that you and I can use whenever it talks about casting our cares upon Him and we're getting ready to pray about something, we might need to have in our little prayer closet a scripture written down that's found in Ephesians 6 and 20. 
and it talks about God and it says that He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. I said whenever I get ready to go to Him with my problem and if I'll just read that scripture and it says of the Lord that He is able to do exceedingly. He is able to do abundantly. He is able to do beyond anything that you and I can ask of. Can I tell you today that whenever I begin to see how big God is, oh, hallelujah, praise be to God. I begin to see him as that alpha and that omega. Oh, I tell you what, I cannot remember the preacher's name. And man, I get aggravated whenever I stand up and my brain stays seated. Uh, I really like this preacher. He was an African-American preacher that died, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or so. But I love to hear him pray. Because as he would start to pray, before he ever got to what he was praying about, if you asked him to pray over the offering, honey, you knew it was going to be 15 minutes before he got to saying, Lord, bless the offering. Because the way that he prayed is he just started talking about God. I'm talking about he'd begin to, to remind everybody that was within earshot that he was talking to the one who created the heavens and the earth. I said he would begin to talk about his creation, about how that God took like what that picnic, uh, 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 uh spread was and he rolled it out on the face of the earth and it was the grass that was upon the ground and he used the trees To hold it into place. And as he began to pray, all of a sudden you begin to see how big this God was. That he was getting ready to talk to about whatever that subject was. Man, by the time he got to his subject, you knew that God was exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything that you could ever want or you could ask. God let us go into that prayer closet. With that attitude, not that this is what I need, but that my God is bigger than my need and will give me far more than even what I'm asking if I last in faith. We want to go just a little bit further because I want us to understand that there was something else that he said in this same verse. In verse number 6, it says that we are to do that that we are to uh, uh, have prayer and petition. But then do you notice what he said? With thanksgiving. You see, one of the things that I think we forget about as children of God is that we forget to be thankful. Let me tell you about this God that I serve today. He's been good to me. I said, if I don't never have another prayer answered, if I don't never feel another touch, if I don't never, ever feel His Spirit again, He's been way too good to me. talking about having peace in a troubled world and I think part of that is not only casting my care to him but thanking him for what he did because you see there's something 
Let me go back to a little shepherd boy. And that little shepherd boy, he goes out and he sees the army of Israel hid behind the rocks because of this Goliath fellow. And he's confused because this is the army of God. And why are they hiding? And so he goes to the king and he tells Saul, he says, I can take this guy. Now, he's a little shepherd boy. But do you remember what he said? He said, let me tell you about the bear. And let me tell you about the Can I tell you, there's something that happens when you and I begin to be thankful about what it is that God has done for me. My faith begins to build on the inside of me as I begin to think about the goodness of Almighty God. There's something that begins to happen on the inside of me because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of prayers that's been prayed that my God has reached down and touched what was seeming like was unmovable and He moved it. It seemed like it was untouchable and He touched it. I've got something to give Him praise for. This is what I'm talking about today. Is that you and I need to be people of prayer. But we also need to be people of praise. Give me just another minute. Now, this one's a little hard. How many loves the Word of God? Amen. Now, here's what he says. Don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what he says. Okay? Here's what he said. It's verse 8. I think you know the verse. And he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are honorable, and whatsoever things are right, and whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely, And whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any excellence or if there's anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Hmm. Now you know what that's telling me? It's telling me, don't you wallow in (laughs) self-pity. Don't you go around with some negative confession and you're just dwelling on that problem and all of that. Now, I want us to understand something. God's not telling you and me to deny the problem. But what He is telling me, that I need to focus on the answer. Not on my problem, but the God of my problem. He's going to give me my answer. So He says, now we've talked about that If we want peace, we're going to be people of prayer. And we're going to be people of thanksgiving. But then we are going to dwell on the positive. Look over at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Some of you enjoyed that way too much. Listen, I want us to understand something. That I don't think that you and I need to deny what's going on, but that does not need to be my focus. My focus needs to be on the faithfulness 
of Almighty God. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. I said, I need to make sure that I've got something positive coming out. Can I tell you something? Tape yourself one day. Just about everybody's cell phone's got a little tape recorder on it. And so tape yourself. Tape yourself. No, no, I tell you what, let's do it better than that. Have somebody tape you. Because if you tape yourself, you're going to change what you say while it's taping. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we know how that goes. All right, have somebody else tape you. And just listen to yourself for 30 minutes. Because the Bible says it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So if I've got crud coming out, then it's because I got crud in here and I need God to help me with that. Can I tell you, sometimes I have to have God just to come in and just take care of all that crud. Does anybody else have to do that? Pastor does. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, I think that's a good word. All right. And so, I need to dwell on the positives. The final thing here that I need to do is I need to be obedient to His Word. Hmm. That word. You see, that word is what I need to have hidden in my heart. It's that word that that in the midst of the darkness that will light my path so that I can know how I'm to go. It's that word today. But can I tell you that God wants me and you to not just be hearers, of the word. We're getting a little bit quieter now. It's still good. It's still his word. And listen. Here's what he said in verse 9. He said, these things that you have learned. And that you have received. And that you have heard. And even the things that you have seen in me. Practice these things. And the God of peace shall be with you. I need to do my best to be faithful to God. Now, I want to be sure everybody understands what I'm saying here today. Teresa, I want you to come. I want to make sure that you understand I'm not talking about self-righteousness today. You and I cannot do enough to deserve what the grace and the mercy of God has done. Can I tell you that that I'm not faithful to my bride because I fear my bride? Now, if I wasn't faithful to my bride... I might be afraid to sleep at night. Because she does know where the cast iron pans are. But I'm not faithful to her because I fear her. I'm faithful to her because I love 
her. And so when I talk about being obedient, it's a love affair that I have with my Savior. It's, I don't want to go to somebody and say, how close to the line can I get without being wrong? But I want to say, how much closer to God can I get? Because He loved me when I was unlovable. Because He forgave me in the midst of all my junk. And I may hide some stuff from everybody else. But I had nothing from He that lived and died and rose again and is at the right hand of the Father who gave His life for me. That's who God is. Now here's what he says. Let me give you two more verses and then I'm going to stop. It says in Psalms 119, verse 165. That's a long psalm, y'all. It says, And those who love thy law. Mm. Now not just a hearer, but a doer. But those who love thy law have great peace. And nothing causes them to stumble. And then he says in Proverbs, he says, Do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. Peace they will add to you. How do I get peace? Through the Word of Almighty God. You see, whenever I get in this Word, this Word gets in me. Can I tell you, you, can, you can't touch him and be the same. Oh, you, yeah. You can come in contact with him. A lot of people know the Bible stories. But I'm talking about you can't touch him. When you touch him, something changes. Because you may have an issue. Going on, that woman had the issue of blood. But when she touched him, it dried up. You see, you got to understand that Jacob decided, I'm going to wrestle. But can I tell you that when he came in contact with, when he touched that angel, all of a sudden he didn't walk the same anymore. Look it up in the book of Hebrews. He was still walking with the cane. Here's what he says. He says that whenever I will get in the Word, and I will let that Word get into me, it'll cause me to walk the way I'm supposed to walk, and to do what it is that I'm supposed to do. And as I do that, that peace, in the midst of a troubled world, it'll flow in my life. Can I tell you, it seems to me like this world is changing at such a great rate. And it's changing not for the better. Or that's the way that it looks to me. But in the midst of that, can I tell you that God still has me in the palm of His hand. And in the midst of the flood that affects everyone, 
there's still an ark of safety that His people can be in. Today, God desires for you and me to have peace. It starts with the right attitude. I'm going to rejoice. This morning, I decided it was going to be a good day. Can I tell you that if the Lord allows me to wake up in the morning, I've already decided it's going to be a good day. Because my day is not dependent on my circumstance. It is dependent upon my Lord. And my God is over this day for me and He will be over all the days to come. And so is He for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Today we just talked about four simple things that you and I can do to have peace in the midst of a troubled world. That we need to be men and women of prayer. For His Word says concerning this house is that it shall be called a house of prayer. And that every day you and I need to make a decision that we are going to give thanks. The enemy will try to tell me to look around at what I don't have. But guys, I need to learn to give thanks for what I do have. I need to make sure that I'm going to dwell on the positives. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of positives in my life today. And then, I'm going to be obedient to His Word. I'm going to get into His Word because that Word is a love letter that He wrote to me. And He signed that letter in blood And I know that if I get into that Word, that Word will get into me. And it will lead me. And it will guide me. Today, Pastor, I'm having trouble with peace. There's some circumstances going on in my life. There's some problems that's happening. Maybe it is some physical conditions going on. Maybe some relational issues that's happening. Maybe it has to do with all the uncertainty that there is in the world today. But pastor, I want that peace of God to reign in my life. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hand and put it back down. God sees these hands today as they're lifted. God sees each one. I want to have a word of prayer with you. Maybe there's someone that is watching my video today, my audio today. And I want to have a word of prayer for you. For what I know is that God is bigger. He's bigger than the problems. He's bigger than the circumstances. He's bigger than the issues. And God is concerned today about you. Lord, I pray right now. God, I pray your word today. Your word says in 2 Thessalonians, and now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. 
God, I pray, Lord, for every hand that was lifted. Some, Lord, dealing with emotional issues. Some dealing, Lord, with financial issues. Physical issues. Spiritual issues. But today, God, I bring these to you. And God, I thank you for that peace. That peace, God, Lord, not as the world gives, do you give. A peace, God, Lord, that you said that surpasses all of our understanding. Let that peace reign in the heart of your people today. I thank you, Lord, for everything, God, that you're doing right now. God, I just give you praise. God, I give you glory. In your wonderful name we pray. Let testimonies come forth. Let them be written, God, on our Facebook wall. Let me receive emails and telephone calls. God, of that peace that is reigning in the life of your people, in your name we pray. Amen. And amen.